This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Chris Paff is the CEO of Knox County, Indiana Economic Development. IEDA members may have seen Chris in the past at IEDA events in his military uniform. He recently retired as a colonel in the U.S. Army, but he also served as director of strategic initiatives for the uh, Indiana National Guard, and before that as director for Indiana State University's Business Support Center, and also as director of business development at the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. So obviously, Chris has had a number of leadership roles and economic development experience. Uh, And Chris and I have had a number of conversations recently about just the concept of leadership and the qualities of effective leaders. And during one of our conversations, Chris shared that he is currently a fellow in the Tobias Leadership Center program at uh, Indiana University. And one of the topics that the Tobias Center talks about are the Army values as they relate to leadership. And so this is an issue that obviously Chris is very familiar with. So I have asked him to reflect on his military leadership experience and how the seven Army values can be applied to leadership in a civilian setting. So as Chris reflects upon those seven Army values during our conversation today, Our goal is to talk about how economic developers can apply these values, these principles, how they can apply them to their service in their communities. And we hope that as we have this conversation and talk about those seven army values, that this will inspire listeners to think about the qualities of their own leadership and how some of these concepts might apply. So, Uh, Chris, thanks for agreeing to share your reflections and experience with me and the people who are going to be listening. Let's start by listing the seven Army values, and we will post uh, something on the IEDA website that has the original sort of Army values in their descriptions. Uh, And uh, as we go through this, uh, Chris pointed out that uh, it's missing a couple of E's. But when you think about the seven concepts that are going to apply here, they roughly spell out leadership. And so I think that's a way to help us remember that. So uh, start first by just, Chris, just going through without a whole lot of description. Start by just talking about just the seven uh, principles or the seven values, and then we'll go back and talk about each individually. Sure. So the the seven uh, Army values include loyalty duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And as you mentioned, uh, that roughly spells out uh, as an acronym leadership, which is an easy way to to remember these words. Um, and uh, this really came up recently because uh, this entire, you mentioned the uh, Tobias Fellows Program. The uh, One of the things we had to do in one of our, uh, in one of our retreats was to think and reflect on our own personal leadership values. And so uh, when I thought back about all of my experiences in, in leadership, and I don't know that I'd really considered this until this exercise, I went back and really starting probably in Boy Scouts as, uh, as an adolescent. 
adolescent. I mean, that was really probably my first introduction to what leadership is. You know, I mean, you know, formally thinking about these things. And some of these things do overlap. And when you think about scouting and and some of these other programs or ROTC, which is a program I went through at uh, at IU many years ago, um, there's a lot of overlap. But as I was reflecting back on my kind of lifelong learning of, of, uh, you know, not just technical competencies, but leadership skills, uh, it really started kind of at a, at a young age, you know, certainly through things like student government. I mentioned scouting, uh, ROTC, uh, a lot of not-for-profits that I've served on boards of. And so uh, when I was thinking back, you know, these seven words that we just listed, these values, and, and, you know, I think it's easy to realize that a military organization needs to be value-based. And so uh, I was just, you know, as we talked about earlier today, these officially were adopted by the Army in 1995. Um, And when I think about what was happening in that organization leading up to, uh, I think, why the organization adopted these, uh, you know, these seven values, uh, there was a lot of organizational change occurring. And so I think this was really an opportunity as a very large organization to think back and reflect on what are our core values? And the expectation is that you don't just live these at work, but you live them in your personal life as well. And if you think about, uh, and I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole here, but you know, if you think about the people who may have been relieved of duty, a lot of times it, it stems back to a breakdown in these values. And, uh, and if you lose some of these, then often whether, I mean, whether you're serving in the army or some organ or other organization, I think when you, when you see these values not being exercised, that's, that's when people get in trouble. But we talked about in preparation for our conversation today, we talked about, you know, making that transition. Yes, these are, we're starting the conversation in the context of these being seven army values Mm -hmm. and and much of the concept when we think about the two words go together when we say military service but as you and i talked about it in preparation for people who are working as economic development professionals or maybe working in a chamber of commerce uh, or doing some of the things that that our members do it is it is a form of service. Sure. It's a calling. Uh, it's There are a lot of things that we could all do to earn a living, but the people who are doing community service through their economic development organization, chamber, others, are really performing a, 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 a level of service. Absolutely. And, yeah. and doing that often in a very public way, a very visible way. And so that's why I thought, you know, when I looked at these these seven values, mm-hmm. that they really do apply to service in a much broader context. We can start, obviously, with your background in, in the Army, but you've played so many different roles, and I think you have a good perspective in talking about why these values really transcend right. your military service and now apply to what you are doing in terms of your service in, in Knox County. So let's start then back with, uh, with uh, the, the seven values, the first of which is being loyalty. Right. And you can reflect upon then how they cast that within the Army context, but then let's also talk about then how that applies for your civilian role and how that applies in, in the service to, to community. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very good point. So if we look at loyalty, for example, in the Army context, I mean, we are talking about, uh, you know, faith and, uh, and allegiance to the Constitution, for example. 
uh, to the Army as, the, as an organization. And then as you drill down on that, it's, uh, you know, your unit and your fellow soldiers. I think, it, I think it's a very easy transition uh, mentally to make that, you know, as a Lido or any, anyone else in, you know, in this industry that we serve in, you've got to have loyalty to the organization, uh, first of all, I think that you're working for. Certainly, I, I can tell you that, uh, um, you know, my friends are probably tired of me talking about Knox County. I think we've even created a drinking game. When you say Knox, uh, amongst my friends, you have to drink because, uh, you know, it's something that I think whether it's this, you know, this role that I'm filling now or others, I, I tend to be that person who kind of, you know, jumps in with both feet and uh, and is very dedicated to that. But anyway, I, I think the point is that, you know, being loyal to the organization that you serve to your state um, as an economic developer, I, I mean, you, you know, we're all here to improve the situation in some way, whether that's attracting a new company to your community or helping an existing business grow or an entrepreneur get, you know, get their, uh, get their business started in your community. But that loyalty, I think, to why you do what you do, I think is very important. So I think for, for each of these, uh, these concepts, um, I think it's easy to make the transition between, you know, what that means to a soldier versus what that means to a, pardon the, the term, but a civilian uh, serving in a, uh, you know, either in an economic development or a community development role. You just, you, you know, you, um, uh, you substitute it, your, your town, your county, your state uh, for your unit uh, and, you know, and, and, and the Army, and, and I think it's easy to make that transition. The other one I was going to mention is, uh, um, not to take these in order, but selfless service. I think when I think back on what attracted me to economic development, um, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier things like scouting or RTC or the Army. I've always been a joiner and probably a, a yes man uh, in the best of that term, uh, which means that, you know, if it's, uh, if it's something that I believe in and that I think holds value, then I'm likely going to say yes to it. Sometimes that gets you in trouble when you get overextended and you've said yes to too many things. But I think that concept, going back to that concept of selfless service, um, you know, for the Army, uh, what we talk about is putting the welfare of the nation, the Army, and your subordinates ahead of your own. Uh, and then I think in an economic development context, you know, what gets me up in the morning and and, uh, and motivates me to do what I do is because at the end of the day, I hope that I've done something to progress this community uh, to have a better economy than it did yesterday. And I think that's what what probably draws us uh, to this this life of service in economic development, if that makes sense. Sure. So we so we've talked you've talked about loyalty, which was the first uh, on the list. And we've we've gone into selfless service. Let's go back up uh, to the to the next on the list and talk about uh, duty. So um, again, in a, in a military context, you know that that's basically fulfilling your obligations and more than just carrying out your tasks. Uh, you know things that uh, being a part of a team and working in a very large organization like the Army uh, it, it was a very complex combination of uh, you know units and missions and 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 outcomes. And so again, uh, you know taking that that concept of being. Um, um, you know, motivated, and I think having a sense of duty is something that uh, I think a lot of economic 
developers have. Um, and that just that sense of stepping up and, and serving as a leader uh, in your community and just that having that sense that I need to be doing this, uh, I, think, I, I think is very kind of transient between any organization. Well, I can certainly attest to um, how many uh, messages and emails I get from members on at, at you know 10 o'clock at night or on Saturday or Sunday yeah. when we are committed to this kind of service and this working within that community context, the, the notion of duty means that this is not, again, this is not a nine to five job. This is, this is a much broader commitment that has implications. And so that means that, and, and there's probably nobody listening who doesn't recognize the fact that, you know, it means that one, when you are called upon to do something and there's an mm-hmm. opportunity, it's going to be, it may intrude in all other kinds of activities and certainly weekends. Uh, and so to me, that's part of that concept of duty in that it's yeah. kind of doing whatever it takes to get the job done. And it doesn't start and stop with sort of a traditional workday. Well, and when I think about that word as well, uh, uh, another D word that uh, that I think of is dependable. And so, if uh, uh, you know, if you're if you're working in this industry and you're not dependable to the companies that you know that you're working with or to your you know your constituents or local elected officials, for example, um, that uh, that's going to reflect. Uh, and so, I think being uh, you know having that sense of duty and being dependable. Uh, are two things that, um, you know, I would say to, to any young person coming into this profession, that's probably something that should be at the top of your, uh, your list as far as thinking about the things that you need to be doing. So, so loyalty, duty, uh, next on the list is respect. And that obviously, I mean, I think when you think of military service and you think about sort of, you think about rank and you think mm-hmm. about that, respect is obvious. But but respect in the context of of being in this civilian community development context, how do we apply that? Well, I think uh, I, I think that's one of those things that that should go unsaid. I, I mean, if you don't uh, if you don't respect the people that you're working with or the people that are working for you, I don't care what organization you you know you uh, uh, you work in. That to me is is paramount. Uh, because if um, it, you know, we've all known leaders that uh, try to motivate through other other ways, and, and I find that that works temporarily. But I think if you think about those people in, in, in your mind or in your career over the experiences that you've had, that you look at and say that's that's an amazing leader. Uh, respect has likely been at the root of of their you know just the way that they interact with people, and so the other. Th- reason I think that's important, especially in, uh, you know, as we as we see the the demographics of our communities change uh, over, you know, the last however many decades, uh, it's I think it's so important that uh, that we think about these things and, and not just, you know, occasionally, but I think on a daily basis. Uh, and if you can't uh, if you can't show respect to both the highest and the I don't know, the 
you know, the, the head of a company and, 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 and the people who work administratively, I've always thought that you ought to, you ought to treat everybody, you know, with that same level of respect that, that you would expect them to, to show you back, if that makes sense. Sure. I think one of the things that, that may be difficult sometimes within our, our context, and, and I think this is an art that, that you develop over time, because you are dealing with a variety of people, Mm-hmm. who hold a variety of positions, right. uh, elected officials, people who are, are in positions of influence, some of whom, to be candid, may be better suited to those positions than others. And <laughs> sure. I think one of the challenges uh, within this context of res- respect is knowing that as you are trying to get things done and you're trying to, to facilitate action and progress, Sometimes showing respect to people that uh, you may feel less than respectful toward sure. may be a challenge. But how, so how and and I have to think that there's probably some context within the military where not everybody who holds a particular rank necessarily in in your mind may deserve the rank that they have, and yet sure. they're part of the team and part of how we get things done. Well, and I think, uh, and that's a good point, especially working within a, a team. Um, and typically, you know, to your point, every everyone knows the you know the the, the true score typically when it comes to that. And uh, I think you know thinking about that on, on a uh, you know on an economic development uh, term or some experiences that I've had, it's not easy. I mean, think about uh, all of the different personalities and egos that we all deal with and work with on a daily basis. I, I can think of, uh, uh, we often talk about the fact that you can learn just as much from a good example as you can a bad example uh, of what you may not want to do uh, when you're in that position. But still, um, I think that uh, when you think about showing respect, regardless of the, you know, the size of the ego or the, or the, the things that, uh, um, the weaknesses that others may have, I think that sometimes is, is more difficult than, uh, than showing respect for, for people who deserve it. And so uh, you've got to use your best judgment. And I've, I've had a lot of people say, you know, I, I don't envy the position that you're in when you have to deal with, you know, whether it's local politics or, you know, other things that might, uh, you know, might make your day less than enjoyable. If you, again, if you go back to those core values that you hold, I think that's, that's what gets you through. And I think part of that uh, then comes back to, I mean, you've already talked about selfless service, but I think that um, when I think about that, and I think about that in the context of what you've just talked about, right. that, you know, yes, sometimes we do have to deal with, with uh, uh, I'm shocked that we have to say this, but we sometimes have to deal with egos. <laughs> But then also that there are, again, players, parts of the of that broader team that may not always feel as though they earn the respect that you are expected to show them. But mm-hmm. when we put it back in this context of service, that what we're doing and our actions are really in service of a much bigger goal. Right. That, it, that, that I think transcends us as team members and transcends us as individuals, which means that 
we have to think about how all of those parts work together and how we are we are deploying a lot of those different team members and a lot of those different assets to accomplish something that ultimately is much bigger than us in, as individuals. Right. And I think that goes to the art of, uh, of being a leader. You know, when you think about the difference of having, uh, you know, the science or the technical skills to, to accomplish a job. And I think, I think the art of that comes through uh, experience and wisdom. Uh, and that's, and you know, it's, it's God, it's taken me 30 plus years to, you know, kind of get to that point where I feel like I've got good judgment, uh, when it comes to how to, uh, how to respond or what initiative to take. And, and what you just described was kind of the art of that. It's like, you know, through, through all of your combined experiences that you've had throughout your career, how do you, how do you navigate those choppy waters sometimes that, that can, uh, uh, you know, make, make your job a little more difficult, or maybe it's not in the best interest of your community. Maybe there's something that's happened that, uh, maybe somebody is working from a, uh, uh, a personal agenda w- without keeping in mind what the bigger picture is. Those are the, uh, those are the tricky parts of our job that we've got to, uh, I think we've got to respect and, and understand. And, and again, just, just figure out on a daily basis basis on each interaction, what makes the most sense to do uh, that's in support of your larger goals. And, and I think it is also recognizing, you know, again, for many of us who are working in these, in these realms, it really is, it's a, it's a team experience. It requires a lot of different um, expertise, a lot of different perspectives to sometimes kind of pull together and again, I think it's it is. I, th- I think there's a lot more discussion about you know, also respecting differences. Um, right. That people do have different styles. They do have different ways of getting to perhaps the same conclusion and getting things done. And I think part of it is, and again, respect can be a really tricky thing. But I think part of it is recognizing that, you know, there are different ways to do the same thing. There mm-hmm. are different styles. There are, there are obviously people who have different political perspectives. And part of the challenge is recognizing all of that and figuring out how you, you deploy all of those differences. Again, come back to that service uh, model. Yeah. And, and I often find myself saying that, you know, economic development is a team sport. It's not a uh, it's not a single person sport, and so you know because of that you've got to you've got to understand your teammates and your partners and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think once you do that, I think that that uh, you know that helps you uh, figure out how best to uh, to be a member of that team. And uh, and and then we'll move on after this. But but I think the other part is that when you're in that community setting, you don't always get to pick your team members. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so, so, I mean, which is different than if it's, you know, within your organization and you're hiring someone, mm-hmm. but when we're doing things uh, in policy or we're working at that community level, a lot of people come to the team and you don't get to choose who's there and who's not there. And sure. so again, that's where I think respect becomes just a critical element there. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, it seems to me that the next two are pretty uh, uh, well connected, but the first is uh, it's honor and integrity, honor being the first, so let's talk about honor. 
Yeah, it, you know, and this is probably the one out of these seven uh, words that we're discussing today. This is probably the one that I, I, I've been having the uh, not trouble kind of translating into a uh, in, into the civilian sector. You know, when the army talks about honor, it is uh, you know basically developing that habit uh, of being honorable and uh, and making value choices every day. Uh, obviously, that uh, you know that's important for it, for any uh, any profession. But we also in the army talk about uh, being honorable as living, not just talking about these things, you know, uh, during the workday, but living these values twenty four seven. And so, being honorable to um, you know buying in uh, into uh, these concepts and and these um, you know these values are something that is taught to everyone in the organization not just the you know not just the leaders but you know when you first join the organization these are the things we talk about so when I think of honor in terms of the context of economic development I guess I think of it to some degree uh, and I, I think a lot about uh, the concept of principle-centered leadership. And, and when I think about principles, you know, I think about within that community context, are we creating opportunities for people to prosper? And are, are we creating opportunities that, that, are, that are, as we, you know, the cliche is, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. Right, are we right. creating opportunities for increased prosperity within the community are we are we thinking about the consequences of you know what we're what we're bringing into the community are we working with the people who are here and Mm -hmm. it seems to me that at that level if you are thinking about those principles and honoring them in terms of how you go about your work in terms of what you're targeting in terms of where you're spending your time, that's where I think the honor comes in in terms of am I serving that concept of what we believe is best long-term, best overall for the community, and am I spending my time serving those principles on behalf of the community? So that's where I would would enter into the honor concept. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay, so next is integrity. I mean, for me, that's that's just a uh, I don't know that that's just a given, I guess, uh, and maybe that's not for everyone. But uh, but it, again, in the, in terms of thinking about that, um, especially coming from a uh, um, you know a military background, if you don't have integrity, I mean, that's probably the first thing that 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 you lose. Um, and in term, and again, kind of tied back to the whole respect thing. And, and I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, people lose careers because they lacked integrity. And so just understanding that, uh, uh, you know, following through and, and doing what you say you will do and, uh, and just honoring the truth, I, I think is, um, is, is ought to be a deep concept for everyone. Yeah. I think that that whole notion of, yeah, yeah, you know, Keeping your promises, living up to those promises, yeah. doing what you say you're going to do. Right. It is, I mean, perhaps less, um, you know, less grandiose of a word, but it's dependability. It's it's uh, knowing that people can, um, that you will say what you're going to do, that people can depend upon you, and developing that level of trust that that they know that you're going to be there when you say you're going to be there. Yeah, I mean, we all know people that we don't trust, right? 
and uh, it makes doing business so much more difficult when you have to second guess motivations mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and just that things are the truth and and that you know what you're hearing is um, that you can rely on what you're hearing and so I think it just makes things so much more difficult and inefficient when people don't have integrity and I don't know about you but I don't have much time to run around town trying to figure that out so I, I much prefer to, to work with uh, with individuals and leaders that, that have integrity so the last one i think may be a a different kind of stretch when we talk about personal courage Um, i think people can see the concept of courage within a military uh, uh, context so how do we think about personal courage as it relates to to the kinds of things that we're talking about in community and economic development you know i for me, I think this is something that, yeah, I mean, there's two elements here, right? One is physical and one is moral. Uh, and when I say moral, I mean, you know, more of the having intestinal fortitude or the personal courage to say what's, you know, what's right or, or, or you know, what you're thinking. I don't think there's very often, at least not in my experience, have I had to have been physically courageous in uh, in an economic development uh, career. But I think that's because we live in a uh, you know relatively stable environment where we don't have to think about that on a daily basis. I will say, however, that you know through uh, through some of the deployments I've been on, I've worked with uh, you know with folks in uh, Afghanistan, for example, Kuwait. Not so much uh, not so much in Kuwait as Afghanistan, but uh, uh, but in Iraq as well, where you do have business people that, um, you know, go to work every day, not knowing what may happen physically in their environment. And I mean, uh, y- you know, uh, we ourselves have, you know, continue to have challenges. But anyway, the point is that I think that moral courage of, uh, of standing up and, and, and taking a stand because you know it's the right thing to do. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I, I won't name the project, but um, I, I did recently in the last couple of years go to a public meeting where I was the sole person uh, speaking in favor of a project where a number of angry neighbors weren't very happy with, uh, with the development. I, you know, I felt like it was the right thing to do and was thanked by a number of folks after the meeting that, uh, you know, that I had the, the personal courage, uh, I guess, and, and the organizational courage to stand up and say, you know, this is a project we need, um, you know, despite some of the concerns. And, and it's in, you know, it, it's, a, uh, it's a positive project and I think we'll be the better for it. But um, it would have been easy to just sit back in my seat and uh, let that play out on a public stage and not stand up and say anything. But uh, I think that's a, there's an example where, uh, you know, somebody in our profession may find themselves uh, in a position where they need to uh, just have that personal courage to stand up and say the right thing. So I put that also back in the context of, of when I talked about honor and I talked about principles. You know, it's, it, it's not always easy to have principles, and it takes time and reflection organizationally and personally to, to develop those principles. But then I think where the personal courage comes in, it's when someone is challenging those principles. Right. And, and those principles that you hold dear or that are, are critical to the organization are being challenged and are being challenged by someone who may have power uh, or some, some sure, level yeah. of control. And that's when it becomes 
really hard to to honor those principles and that's where that personal courage comes in and i think you know if if people are lucky they never have that experience where they have to make that kind of and and it may be a small m moral but a but a moral right. choice yeah. about you know do i go along and is my job threatened uh, because I'm not going along, and that's where I think it gets really hard. And there, there, uh, and I can reflect upon a couple of situations in my career uh, where I had to live up to my principles, and I was concerned that I would lose my job by doing that. And fortunately, I didn't. Um, but but it required me really having to stand up to somebody and uh, resist somebody who had more influence and more power than I and who could have easily right. uh, ended my, uh, my connection to the American economy at that moment. <laughs> and, and I think that's a, that's a tough choice, I think, that people sometimes have to make, especially, yeah. I think, where, where we are in a very public context yep. uh, and where we are dealing with people who are elected officials and we are dealing with board members and people who sometimes have their own personal agendas. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and again, I hope people don't have to deal with that, but there are those moments of reckoning where that notion of personal courage does come in in terms of how do we live up to our values and our principles. Well, and when you think about our industry, I think the, you know probably the large majority of us work for some form of board, right? Uh, and so you've got uh, you've got a lot of different folks with differing opinions that are you know trying to come to some consensus on what you know how best to uh, to um, you know uh, what direction the organization will go in, and um, and yeah, those are uh, you know putting these values to the test in a situation like that is not uh, is not often and easy. So that's really when you kind of learn something about yourself and, and how, you know, how closely or how important these values are to you when you find yourself in those situations. And I think people, uh, leaders that I have admired and spoken to, one of the things that they share with, they have shared with me that I think is a common thread uh, is that they all talk about sort of the value of reflection. Mm-hmm that they when they see these things these these values they use that as an opportunity to reflect and to think about okay so what are my principles and what would i do if i were in that situation right. and and how do i define integrity in terms of how i spend my time and so hopefully having this conversation with you chris is an opportunity that we can we can provide an opportunity for people to start that reflection process about you know well how do i feel about these things and how does it affect me and my my desire to be a leader within my community um, but I think, again, reflecting and, and thinking about, okay, so how would I handle that and what would I do and what are my principles and how do I reflect that notion of, of honor and respect? Right. And, and, if, and I think it also, one of the, we didn't talk about, I think there is that, that uh, 
concept of to get respect, you have to give respect. And so I think there's always that, yeah. that give and take within the setting. Well, and I think that's what I've enjoyed most about the Tobias program this past year. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been reflecting and thinking and, uh, um, sharing, uh, at least once a month since January. And I think through that process, uh, I mean, when I had to put together, for example, my my personal leadership philosophy, until you sit down and do an exercise like that, where you it, it, you ask yourself, well, what do I think, or you know, what what are my beliefs, and what has influenced me over my career to have these beliefs? I think that's a uh, that's a very um, powerful thing to go through. And so I would I would certainly encourage our listeners to think about your own leadership journey and uh you know what is the what is the next step or what you know what's next for you and i i would uh whether you know whether it's a book you read or a program you go through i just i just think for folks in our industry this is something that we ought to be spending some time with so what haven't we talked about that you feel it's critical before we close I think just overall, I would say that, uh, you know, whether it's these seven concepts that we've talked about today that the Army has adopted as, uh, you know, as their uh, official values for the organization and each of its members, I think whether it is developing your own mission statement and your own set of values. I think I think each one of us ought to sit down and, and uh, you know, decide for ourselves well, what is my value base? Uh, it's probably something that we think about subconsciously, and it, it already drives our decisions, uh, I think, on a daily basis. But I think if you spend some time with yourself uh, or in a small group, uh, you know, having a discussion about uh, what, what are the, uh, you know, what are the most important values that I live by, and just really thinking about the things that have influenced how you came there. Uh, as I said, I think, I, I think it's a powerful thing to do and would certainly recommend it. Okay. So as we finish up, go back to the list and just go down through the list. So we, one last time, uh, go through the seven uh, army values. So what we've talked about today is uh, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And uh, like we've discussed, even though, uh, even though these are specific to uh, the official uh, Army values, I think each one of those seven concepts has a lot of, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, application. Yeah, maybe. just a lot of application to what we do as, uh, as public servants. Okay, I, this has been great. I've enjoyed this a lot. I've been talking with Chris Paff, uh, he's the CEO of the Knox County, Indiana Economic Development Organization. Uh, he has uh, a varied past uh, with military service, having worked with uh, a number of not-for-profits and other institutions. And today we've been talking about the seven Army values and how they apply to economic development. Chris, thank you for your time. Thank you, Lee. You've been listening to IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast is copyright 2022 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, all rights reserved.